Well, thank you for reading that Psalms, Floyd. And uh, there's so many, so many verses in there that talk about uh, God the Father, and and we as uh, fathers here on earth are to be like Him. And so we do want to celebrate Father's Day this morning. I'll be sharing a bit on fatherhood, and uh, so talking to this side of the house, but yet. This is a topic that all of us are interested in. Fathers are a strange mix of leaders and tough men and yet gentle and kind and, and tender-hearted too. And, and fatherhood really brings that out as we go through life leading our families and uh, loving them. I've been really blessed just to you know be here at Mine Road and and uh, see the fathers that we have here and, and the care that you each have for your children, uh, your grandchildren, and, uh, and we're talking to Randy, our great-grandchildren, right? I think Randy should uh, give out telescopes as wedding gifts, and uh, that would be a, a good gift. But yeah, that's a, that's a good, good thought. I really appreciate what you shared this morning, Randy, on, on looking into the future. And uh, as we look back, maybe with a telescope, we see fathers, and my father was faithful and led his family well and, and loved mom, and his father was too, and so was his father, and I don't know how many generations it goes back. And yet we look around us at the world, and, and there's so much hurt and broken families and parents who are not together and fathers who have just left and and done their own thing. So... I'm so thankful this morning, and I want to, I'll share this morning uh, about fatherhood as an encouragement uh, to continue on to do what God has called us to as fathers. One of my sons asked me yesterday, last evening, he, he uh, wondered what I was going to preach about, and I told him, and then he, he said, well, it's Father's Day, you should have the day off, and he suggested he could preach, but then... He didn't think he could see over the pulpit. So it would be interesting, though, to have our, our children come and, and share uh, something about their fathers that would be meaning, that's meaningful to them, something they deeply appreciate. And I believe we'd have a good sermon if they would all share, because hopefully the things that they share would point us to God, and, and our lives as fathers reflect the life of Jesus Christ. So it would be interesting to hear from them, and yet I don't think we'll be, be doing that this morning. We do really appreciate our children. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. And our calling as fathers is to, in the end, point our children to Christ. And that begins at such a young age and continues and grows as our children get older. We look at scripture and we see that uh, fatherhood has been on the mind of Christ since the Old Testament and the New Testament. And there are 1,932 references to fathers and fatherhood. So it's been on the mind of God and I believe God values Fathers who follow him and emulate what he is to us. 
It seems the longer that I'm a father personally, the less that I really am convinced that I have any answers about fatherhood. Somehow God takes our mistakes and our failures and our trying and and somehow sanctifies it and our children um, are blessed. And so we, we do our best to follow God and be a father as, as God has been a father to us. So the subject of fathers and fatherhood is so important. It's, it's something that is a real challenge in the world today to find good, faithful, consistent fathers. And children are affected. Their view of God is affected by their earthly father. It's, it's so shaped by their earthly father. It's, it's a very concerning as we look around us. And so I just want to encourage each, each one of the fathers here this morning to, uh, we're, we're here to, to mirror Christ and his actions and his love for us. We're here to mirror that to our children. There's a story uh, from some years ago. Uh, this story is about elephants in the Kruger National Park. It's a game preserve in South Africa, and they had an issue. The elephants that were introduced there were taking over. There wasn't enough land anymore for the elephants. So they decided to thin the ranks, and in doing that, they, they were going to take the elephants to another preserve, take a few of them, and, and uh, get another herd started and, and thin them out a bit. And so they made this uh, big harness to carry the elephants, and got in some big helicopters, and, and they were planning to fly the elephants out. Well, they, they ran into issues. The, uh, the big bull elephants were too big, and they, they broke the harness. And so they ended up transporting some of the females and some of the juveniles over to the other park and, and got the herd started. Things went well for a while until one day they noticed that uh, their white rhinos, that, which were endangered, were starting to get killed. And uh, here it turned out that the juvenile males were killing them. And it was very rare for elephants to act like that. And so they, the uh, park rangers were trying to figure out what was going on. And they developed a theory, and they decided to test it. So they built a bigger harness and hauled in some of the, some of the older males into the new herd. And within weeks of these males becoming part of the herd, the bizarre behavior that these younger, younger male elephants were doing, it stopped. And they saw the, these young males following the older elephants, older male elephants around and starting to behave like elephants. It's a fascinating story, and we're not elephants, but you know what? That's, that's pretty relevant to today. There's also... As we look around, there's so many fatherless young men. And uh, one story in particular, this one happened in uh, about 2015. There were riots in Baltimore. I don't know how many of you remember that. Uh, there was the death of a young man and, and an altercation with the police. And, and uh, so the news media was covering it. They were there with their video cameras. And as they were videoing this, this uh, scene where these young men were, were throwing rocks and bricks at the police, a lady showed up, and um, she was very angry, and uh, she was watching and was very angry, and, 
and soon goes running into the crowd and, and grabs the young man and hauls him out and proceeds to uh, smack him around. Here it was her 16-year-old son. Her name was Toya Graham, and of course this caught the media's attention. This mom shows up at a riot and drags her son out of the riot. He's throwing bricks at the police and um, disciplines him right in front of everyone and uh, hauls him off home. She was named Mom of the Year, but there's something wrong with this story, right? Well, where was the dad? The dad should have been there and leading his son away from the situation. There were interviews, of course, after this story came out and the video came out, and uh, some, of, some points that were made by people uh, from Baltimore. They said, if you want to destroy a people, first break their men. And I believe that's what had happened there in the black community. A lot of the older men had died or were serving long prison sentences. There were about 60% of fathers who lived in separate households or were not with their biological children. And, and these young men just weren't developing the internal moral compass that came from having older men as part of their lives. One man that was interviewed said that 80% of the young men that he meets in prison have grown up in homes without fathers. And the problem, I believe, became clear to people. Now, that was in 2015, and I don't know if people could speak that plainly today about and openly about that, that issue that came up. There's so many people, so many children, 15 million living apart from their biological fathers. One out of every three children in America are living without their biological fathers. It's been said that about 50% of being a dad is just showing up and being present. It is such an impact on their sons and daughters. And I believe a married mom and dad who love the Lord and are committed to each other and love their children are one of the greatest gifts that children can have. And a good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets of a society. And we see the effects around us, and we have been so blessed with, with uh, faithful fathers who have loved us and have stuck with their families. So as we look at God the Father in Psalms 103, we see uh, characteristics of God. He's uh, merciful, slow to anger, gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, ready to pardon, of great kindness, eternal justice, love, wisdom, holiness, faithfulness. There's so many words we can use to describe God, and God is calling us as men, as fathers, to, 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 to follow him in, in how he leads us. And God's so much more than we as fathers could ever be. And uh, we need to do our best to have the character of Christ. Matthew chapter 11, or chapter 7, verse 11 says, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? So a godly father makes such a difference in a child's life. 
And I believe as, as we raise our children, there are so many things to remember. The Bible does not say this is what you do to your children. This is not exactly how you raise your children. But the Bible gives us many, many uh, examples or pointers of what is important. So I've listed a few here, about 10, 10 things that we as fathers, if we're to be a father who follows God and a father who loves his children, these are things that, that the Bible, that God is asking us to do. The first one I've listed here is maybe not one young children want to hear about, but a father is a good disciplinarian. He loves his children so much he doesn't let them get away with sin. We all know the, proverb, the verse in Proverbs chapter 13, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chastiseth him betimes. And so if we love our children, we will discipline him. And I believe as we discipline, it's most effective when we put aside our anger and discipline our children with a redemptive attitude. And sometimes it feels like our children will just never learn. It, it, it takes time. It takes repeated times of discipline. But yet they do. And, and uh, they really do appreciate that we love them enough to discipline them. And I believe it's important for us as fathers to, when we do discipline, to not come with an attitude of, of con condemnation, but to to come to them with an attitude of, of we're here to help, to encourage, and this is something that needs to be done. And we, we don't want God to have a, an attitude of condemnation toward us either. Second thing is a good father allows his children to make mistakes. Uh, the verse here in Psalms 103, As a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. And... And I believe we do need to have a heart of compassion for our children, allow them to make mistakes. The home is where our children grow up, and it's a place where we allow them to make mistakes, and we um, encourage them to learn. And so we expect our children to make mistakes. Learning a bike, uh, going to school, learning how to drive a car, it seems the... Uh, Learning how to ride a bike, you know, if they wreck, it's just a bike and it's a skinned up knee. But then when they drive a car, it seems a little more is at stake. But yet we're, we're here as parents to walk with them, to help them learn, help them learn well. And we also want to allow them to fail, learn to persevere, and develop the confidence that, that they get from trying and failing and being able to succeed. So we do need to protect our children, but yet we need to prepare our children to live in the world, the real world, and help them to be successful. And I believe the home is a wonderful place to make mistakes. When we look at God and his response to our mistakes, we want God to be understanding and caring and give us another chance. And I believe our children want us to do the same. And as I'm sharing this morning, I know I'm speaking to the fathers, but there's grandfathers here. You all have a, a big influence on your grandchildren, and uh, some of you even have great-grandchildren. So God bless you as you convey 
the life of Christ to your children and your grandchildren. The third thing is a father teaches his children to be thankful. Ungrateful children are rarely ever happy. And so we teach our children to be thankful, to appreciate the things that they have, not to take things for granted, whether that's praying for before a meal, um, what any gift that's given them, I believe children need to be taught to be thankful and grateful for them. A good father spends quality time with his children. There is a transition after work that happens where we go from working in the world to walking in the door. And, and I believe that's quite a switch for us as fathers to go from one to the other. And yet when we walk in the door, we're physically present, but are we emotionally and mentally present or are we still at work? So I believe we, we as fathers need to be not only physically, but emotionally, mentally, and spiritually present with our children and engage with our children, um, looking them in the eyes, spending time with them. I know sometimes with little children you walk in the door and, and it's chaos and, and, uh, and you think, wow, these children, they need to be disciplined. And yet if you're willing to get down on the floor and wrestle with them, they soon calm down and they're all reading books after a while and they don't need to be disciplined anymore. So a father, a father coming and just spending quality time with children is just so important. And of course that changes as our children grow older and as we relate with them and, and walk with them through life, it's so important to spend quality time. I remember many memories uh, from growing up at home uh, working alongside dad and and we would sit on the back deck and eat ice cream Saturday evenings or go swimming or go on trips and uh, of course that changes as we grow up and leave home but uh, we've done some whitewater rafting and some hunting and things like that too so spending quality time is so important Number five, a good father leads by example. Children experience life, and that's more real to them than what they are told. And so it's so important that we lead by example, that we model what we're asking of them. Um, we teach them how to do conflict and deal with conflict by the way that we deal with conflict. Um, they watch us make mistakes. They get to watch all our mistakes most of them. And so they should be able to hear us apologize. They'll follow our values, what we value, they will value. And I believe as we look at healthy families, we see men who are sacrificial, men who are willing to sacrifice for the sake of their families. <clears throat> Number six, a good father challenges his children. We continue to push and to challenge and to encourage them to be the best that they can. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, it says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We're not, we're not forcing our children to do better, but we're challenging them. And I believe sometimes we can 
discourage our children when we ask more of them than they are capable of doing. Be realistic in the expectations that we set for them. That's so important. We set much different expectations for our teenagers than our little children. And there's a reason for that. They are capable of doing more. And then, then we fail, and we, we, uh, we, they get to watch us fail at times, or things happen, and, and uh, we have the opportunity to take responsibility, or we have the opportunity to blame others, and they are watching. Remember uh, back, uh, must have been uh, 13, 14 years ago, we were living in Romania, and uh, one of our children needed, we needed to go to the hospital. We were heading down to the capital, and being in a hurry and driving like a Romanian, we did what everyone does. We passed a vehicle on a double, on a solid line or double solid line, and uh, there just happened to be a policeman down the road who decided that uh, he has time to deal with us, and so he pulled us over, and he took my license. And uh, instead of giving it back, he kept it and gave me a paper saying that I'd lost my license for three months. Um, I think he was hoping for some money, but I didn't give him any. And we moved on from the traffic stop and went down to the Capitol. So I lost my license for a while, which meant my dear wife needed to learn to drive a stick shift van, which is a good experience for her. And it also meant that uh, I had, had to do some hitchhiking to get around. If I needed to go somewhere and she couldn't go along, I just needed a hitchhike. And so I did that. That was, that was a good experience. Uh, one of the boys, he always refused to hitchhike. I had to take him everywhere he needed to go. And, and uh, so now I lost my license. And uh, he's in a quandary, and I'm in a quandary too. So, so uh, he got to watch me hitchhike. And... Uh, he decided he wasn't going to hitchhike, he'd ride his bike. Hitchhiking was a little bit below his, his um, I don't know, he just didn't like it. He wasn't going to do it. He was going to either be driven somewhere or ride his bike. And so we, we, get, to, we get to fail in front of our children, and we get to, to, they get to watch us figure out how to handle life and to humble ourselves and do what needs to be done. A good father teaches his children values. Our children watch us. Do we keep our promises? Do we do what we say we will? How do we treat their mother? Are we honest? And there are so many values that our children just pick up on without even thinking about it. A good father provides for his family. He provides physically, yes, but also spiritually, and he leads the home. There are so many things that our children pick up from us getting up in the morning and going to work every day of the week. And, you know, that it's not always easy, and yet our children pick those things up, and, and they, they, will, they will watch. Uh, and providing spiritually, there's, 
There are so many things we can do to provide spiritually for our family. And when we value those things, our children will value them too. I believe it's important for us as fathers to remember that our children are open to our spiritual input, but mostly only after we have met their physical and their emotional needs. And so we earn trust by meeting those needs and are able to speak in our children's lives spiritually. And it's such a, such a blessing to be a father. Anyone can be a father, but it takes a real man to be a daddy. A good father honors his wife. I believe one of the most important things that we as fathers can do for our children is to love their mother and, and, and respect their mother and work well together and partner together as we raise our families. There's so much security and stability in the home that comes from knowing that, that parents are unified and love one another. And we balance each other out, too, don't we? I don't think us as men have a real good hand on raising children, and I don't know the women always do either. And so together, with our different personalities, our different strengths and weaknesses, we, we do well at raising a family. And the tenth point here is a good father shows unconditional love. There's nothing really that our children can do that will keep us from loving them. Is there? Sometimes we may get, get upset. Actually, we probably do get upset sometimes. We get frustrated, but we still love our children. And I believe one of the, the ex- stories in Scripture that's an example of that is the prodigal son. The father loved his son that came back home, but he also loved his son that had stayed with him and was faithful, even though he was refusing to come in um, to the celebration So love does tie us together. Love conquers all. It's irresistible, irrefutable, undeniable, and first and foremost, we need to love our children unconditionally. And I believe as we we do these ten things, and there's many more that we could talk about, we point our children to Christ. We point them to the Father who is perfect, the one that can can actually meet their needs. And that is our goal as fathers, is to point our children to Christ. So as we look back at fatherhood, how do you know if you were successful or not? Maybe some of you grandpas have a word on that. Okay, we can tell by their actions. I've heard already that it's not about your children's actions, but it's about your grandchildren's actions if you have done well as a father. Again, to to Randy's point this morning of looking long-term as we we raise our children. I believe believe being successful as a father is not about being an extraordinary father, one that's just perfect and wonderful, but it's an ordinary father that does what God wants him to consistently and follow, follows God's word. And so it's the daily things that we do, the small things, the things that we are just there and consistent with. We look in the world around us and we see so many 
men who, when it gets hard, when it gets demanding and confusing, they walk away from their families. I believe as men, we, we, uh, God has created us to, to lead, to guide. He's created us to do, to do things with our hands. And so when it comes to being a father, how do you know when you've accomplished something or you're done with your job and you can move on to the next job? It's, it's a little bit more ambiguous. It's, it's, um, it's more subtle. We, it doesn't really stop, does it? When do we stop being fathers? It, it continues on, right? Even when we're grandparents and great-grandparents, we're still fathers. And so it's not a job we can go accomplish and, and be done and start the next job. No, it's something that continues to go on and on. And it's physical, yes, it's emotional, it's spiritual. And I believe the women can do a better job at, at uh, staying connected. And it's more work for us as men to do that. But so important that we are connected with our children and have a very good relationship with them. And I could tell stories about fathers who have just made very poor decisions and walked away from their homes. And um, in one situation, a, a man chose his girlfriend over his son. Um, the girlfriend said, if I'm going to be your girlfriend, I'm not going to be okay with your son being in, in the home. And, and he, he chose his girlfriend. Just things that are totally not okay or not good. And the culture around us, I believe, it, it feels like there's a war on, on men who lead, who, who um, take charge. We could talk a lot about that. But yet, God has called us to be men who lead, and more than that, to be godly leaders. Men who, who we bring our desires, our, our leadership, our lives under, under the subjection of Christ and as we do that, we can represent God to our children. It's a job that we need wisdom and grace for. And as fathers, we're continually pushed out of our comfort zone. And we, we need to lean on, on God and become more like him. And we, and we learn that especially through our failures and our difficulties. But yet, as in 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. And I believe that's, that's a verse for, that we can claim as fathers. We have such a significant impact on the next generation and the following generations. And just like mothers, I believe that fathers are irreplaceable. There's a, a, a poem that I'll, I'll share here. And I believe this, this poem is a very, it's a very simple one, but yet a, a good example of what God is calling us as daddies to, to be to our children. The title is Walk a Little Plainer, Daddy. Walk a Little Plainer, Daddy, said a little boy so frail. I'm following in your footsteps, and I don't want to fail. Sometimes your steps are very plain. Sometimes they are hard to see. So walk a little plainer, Daddy, for you are leading me. I know that once you walked this way many years ago, and what you did along the way, I'd really like to know. 
Or sometimes when I'm tempted and I don't know what to do, so walk a little plainer, Daddy, for I must follow you. <clears throat> Someday when I'm grown up, you are like what I want to be. Then I will have a little boy who will want to follow me, and I will want to lead him right and help him to be true. So walk a little plainer, Daddy, for we must follow you. And I believe that's what we do day in and day out as we walk with our children. So in closing, I just want to encourage you as fathers, the way that you father your children is so important. And uh, we're representing God, and we're representing God the Father. We're shaping our, our children's view of God is being shaped day by day through our interaction with them. And that feels like a heavy responsibility. So may God help us as fathers to lead our family well, to keep in mind that how we parent, how we father will affect the generations to come. And our goal is to point our children to Christ. And so may God bless each one of us with understanding and grace for the journey as we shape the lives of our children and have a impact on their eternal destiny. Let's kneel for prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for the many blessings you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for fathers before us, many generations of fathers who have walked with you, fathers who have followed scripture, who have loved their wives who have loved their children who have not been perfect Lord but have pointed us to you as children and Lord we thank you for that and we also pray Lord as for us as fathers as families that we could continue to point our children to Christ and to not to to uh, not mess up that view of Christ with our lives would you be with us give us grace for the journey, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.